Hello, and welcome to the Cubicorn Games Podcast. My name is Dustin Morbido. I am very tired, but we are going to record a thing anyway. Girl, same. And joining me to record said content, the Rain Morbido is here. You can't prove that. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what are, you, are you saying that I'm like, this is me, I'm ventriloquizing? You are. <laughs> you learned how to throw my voice. <laughs> I learned how to throw your voice. Mm-hmm. I, if I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Spending my, uh, the last couple weeks doing that probably would have been easier than getting game stuff ready. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take that up instead. God. Uh, Jeff Tetris- Dunham of the <laughs> 21st century. <laughs> uh, Tetris in that car was quite the ordeal. Uh, we've been a, we've had a long short weekend. It's been a thing, but anyway, we're going to talk about our game updates. I think mm-hmm. we might talk about the Unity situation a little bit at the end, just because it's been such an interesting odyssey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting is putting it kindly. Um, and then we have a uh, and we'll collapse on site. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have um, we'll be playing one or two more games here in the future. Woo. Uh, live streaming wise but we'll get to wow. all that in a little bit uh but yeah to start us first off, the weather <laughs> we just got back from cleveland gaming classic yes we've been working for uh the last month or so driving pretty hard mm-hmm. get new content in the game get like little features and bug fixes wherever we could and so super cucumber came together that build is like i said i think the as far as our output i think it's one of the better milestones we've hit mm-hmm. internally where I had a pretty solid idea of how much I wanted to get done coming into this show. And then I think we got about 90% of it done. Like, I still would have liked to have a little bit more of the, the third tower boss fight done. Like it, uh, And I would have liked to finish a few more pieces of music. Like, there were like one or two other things I still wanted to update that we didn't get into this build. And I think having uh, my kind of like macro level plan of trying to get a show on the calendar... Like a thing for us to to target mm-hmm. every three or so months, give or take, has been good because it did get uh you know light a fire on my under my ass at least <laughs> to <laughs> have a hard date to to get some stuff done by and and completed by and overall I think it was a pretty good weekend. How, yeah. What are your thoughts, Lorraine? What are your feelings on <laughs> any of that? I mean, I think it went well. It was uh again kind of like you said, it was nice to have such a smaller length of time to be there. Just the two day show was nice because I don't. Have we done? <laughs> it's always like three or four, like almost always four. Cause yeah, like, this is the only thing I think we've ever done. Well, you, but back in the day, Maker Fair Detroit was only two days, I that's think. That's true, but that's uh, a different but, sort of beast. Yeah, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't quite the same thing. You're mm-hmm. right. Uh, and that's a that's a show that, that was local to us, so when they were doing that, you know, yeah. it was like a 20-minute drive. <laughs> it wasn't like a get a hotel for a couple nights kind of, yeah. kind of situation. And same with like Yomacon. Uh, despite that being like four days, mm-hmm. it's still like so close that it's nice to not have to think about that part of it. Because hauling <laughs> all that stuff <laughs> from like in some cases location to location to location yeah. uh, is really annoying. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, like I said, I think it was a pretty good weekend. Mm-hmm. The show itself, I think, was pretty good. Yeah, it was neat. Uh, like you said, two days was nice. I, I definitely think that like. For a Midwestern gaming-focused thing, I think two to three days is the most you want to do. I'm still, fingers crossed, that like when they announce details about GDEX for 2024, that they'll reduce that show to like no more than a three-day show. Because uh, that's still, that Thursday there is just so fucking mm. pointless. Of There's barely anybody there. And there's... I mean, the other thing that like about like this show in particular, it is more of a like 
just consumer focused thing where it is it's just it's not new product especially because it is it's old games so there's only like you don't want it like there's kind of no point i think in some like minds just to have it as three days or more Mm -hmm. because like it was very small like in regards to some shows that we've been to it was actually like the overall like footprint of it was pretty small and uh which was nice like i didn't mind that's not a knock against it um Mm -hmm. It was kind of cool to be able to just kind of like wander and see pretty much everything in a short amount of time because like I mean neither of us really got away from the booth that much. Yeah, but you're you're not right. That, that I'm that not is, right. Uh, or excuse me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm still recovering from no, this I weekend. Know. I'm all over the place. But uh, uh, you're not wrong. The uh, the the total vibe was definitely different. And like you said, this this was a like vendor first show of like retro stuff. Like mm-hmm. like the probably sixty percent of the show was people selling like tabletop stuff or like old video games and then like well like the tabletop stuff was actually new like they were talking well i'm, I'm speaking in the sense of both like people vending uh well not e- i'm not even really speaking in the, in the sense of people like vending their their created tabletop games i'm talking about more like there were more people selling like magic cards and pokemon and shit than i expected to be here and like a i mean that's like sense. that's like collectible stuff though like i can say that fits in mm-hmm. pretty well especially like the pokemon angle like sure of course, but like there the was people a lot who of, are into that stuff. There was a lot of that, and there was a lot of video games, like, you know, old SNES cartridges literally, and that kind of thing. Literally tubs labeled by name right. and system everywhere. Yeah, like, and then there was, like, a little arcade section, and there was our little indie section, and there was a small little artist alley ribbon, like, at the, kind of the outlying edge of the convention. And there was, like, uh, right next to us, because I think, I think the indies were kind of, like, three and a half aisles sort of not the full aisle but like mm-hmm. kind of like in because we also kind of bought into then, like the other cre- there was kind of like a yeah, creator's there was, row yeah we, we were on like the end cap of the like content creator row and then the flip side of that was like um voice actor and stuff like yeah tables right. and like, signing uh, things like, yeah like established like kind of mainstream video game or the voice, voice of bulbasaur was there <laughs> I almost considered, like, because I've never really done anything like that before, uh-huh. go and, like, because I, I don't know. I don't go to places where, like, the big voice actors go, so mm-hmm. I don't, like, see anyone I would actually, like, recognize on site or name or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or by voice, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but also, like, I've just never, like, tried to do something like that before, so I just, I didn't, and I, I considered doing it, because there was a, f- a few of the, like, characters that that one actress in particular, Tara San, I believe was her name, or Sand, or something like that. Okay. Um, I, because, like, there was a handful on there, like, OG Bioman, you got, uh, Mokuba, Biscuit Kruger, <laughs> Honor Honor. <laughs> Bulbasaur and then like a handful of other like just Pokemon mm-hmm. from I think like I think she specifically was like seasons like one through eight so that was probably all four kids I'm sure. guessing I think most of her credits were through four kids for a lot of those particular there's also a guy who did a handful like next to her I wish I could remember his name who ha- also had like their little signs had just like the characters they voiced and his was just like covered in Pokemon mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was fun. Yeah, and there were a couple of old, old people, like I know, well, not old people, but a couple of people from old games, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the um, maybe both, but uh, yeah, NBA like a, Jam yeah, announcer, the there's NBA someone Jam from and a Halo, couple of the actors from like old school Mortal Kombat, like the original kind of like green screen folks, mm-hmm. which I think is funny because I'm assuming that, is that what that one because there was like one woman who was kind of off to the side. There were two or three total people, I think, um, from like old MK, who I, like she had like a 
there was like a mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat character on it. So was it, would that have been actually like her? I think that was the case. Oh, that's cool. Because that was because those guys. Well, the thing I was gonna say about that is I'm assuming they're still local to the Midwest. Like I'm assuming they just kind of oh, live here because yeah. Mortal Kombat has still to this day. I think it's one of the only studios that has mm-hmm. like a has had a permanent footprint roughly in the same because it's still it, all these years later it's still made out of Chicago. I was gonna say yeah because it's Chicago. And Ed Boon right? is still involved with that pro- with that Wild. project for like you know <laughs> since 1990 whatever. I mean, sure. I'm assuming they just because they like just took their likeness or whatever. They probably just like gathered random people who fit like the whatever body uh, type or something they needed. It didn't matter. I haven't investigated the. uh, Oh, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. I haven't investigated the (laughs) the details of the Mm -hmm. all the labor that went into the original Mortal Kombat. But I'm assuming they were just local like theater actors, something or yeah, some kind of like like, actors guild or whatever for a couple weekends and uh. You know, do this thing. Push your arm out and, <laughs> and it, we'll pull make... someone's skull and multiple right, exactly. rib cages pretend out of their to, body. Pretend to punch four rib cages <laughs> out of nothing. Turn into a lizard or whatever. <laughs> you could do that, right? Right, but yeah, I'm assuming Classically either either, either they traveled together, get to that show like a significant amount, or more than likely they probably have lived in the Midwest uh-huh. <laughs> like all this time. And so when it's when it's events that are close by, they're like, yeah, sure, I'll go to this weird gaming thing for a weekend and sign autographs <laughs> or whatever. But... Oh uh, yeah, overall it was a good time. Yeah, it was neat. Like I said, the the duration was good. I I liked the two days. It was nice to be, be kind of in and out. Saturday was quite good traffic wise, and mm-hmm. Sunday was fine. Like not bad, but not amazing. It was a uh, perfectly. Crumbling. I mean, it was a Sunday of a show. Yeah. Like we just didn't have like we basically didn't have what I would consider like the combination of Thursday Friday. Like Saturday was popping off the whole time. Mm. Saturday was a Saturday of a show, yeah. and then Sunday was a Sunday. Which, if you've ever gone to or worked a show, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my only because we had talked about this a little. I think overall the show itself was pretty well executed. I think my only significant complaints are uh, they still did the like, and and it, you know to some degree it might not matter because like you know not that many people are necessarily lining up like to get in the doors at open, mm-hmm. but I still hate the like one hour for like certain VIP people and then like then it opens proper for everybody else. I yeah. just wish they'd just like look if you bought a ticket you can get in <laughs> when we're calling this mm-hmm. open. Especially since they had already done like a separate VIP event kind of thing. Yeah, there was on stuff Friday like evening, which I think is before. a better like yeah. it's a better use to do like a little party or a mixer or something. Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna do a value add, do something like that. Like I'm more okay with that where it's like you get an additional part of the experience but you don't just get like priority access to the base show. I mean I guess in this regard it can because again, it is a more consumer-faced show. Like maybe that's just to let like the bigger spenders. Like if there was like a certain like oh, sure. part you or system want, yeah. or like thing or whatever that they really wanted to You're make like, sure my, that they got. My like, mission for the weekend is to buy a copy of like Mark of the Wolves for Neo Geo, and yeah, <laughs> money is no object. I'm here with my checkbook, so I'm gonna go. Yeah, I guess that. Like that's I can, true. I understand that aspect mm-hmm. because it is like a collector, or maybe you have something you're trying to like trade or whatever. Like you've got something, and you want to like make sure that you either get it or get like get the cash you want for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more like I guess it's twofold. Like I said, on the one hand, it's like the thing we talked about coming out of GDEX where. Like, that show is a more traditional, like, modern video game event mm-hmm. where it's about, like, current day development. Like, yeah. a lot of indie stuff. I mean, it's, of, like, it's about highlighting... game development. Right. Not necessarily just the concept of gaming. Right. And so they have talks there and stuff. And, yeah. again, I still think it was shitty that you could only go to some talks with certain tiers of, like, a GX yeah, no, badge. That's re- yeah, that's uh, stupid. Like, I, th- I just think that kind of sucks. And and the, the, so that's part of my criticism of the other thing. And the, and the, the second part is just purely... Uh, 
selfish and that like you know i want as many people to be in <laughs> from opening as sure. uh, from opening as possible because we're going to be there so i want the most possible yeah, chances for people to walk that by first and, hour and check something out felt stupid. and yeah that first hour like yeah that was kind of like the thursday five of edx <laughs> or whatever we're like i feel like we could have just showed up at 11 and gotten the same experience like mm-hmm. wait, i don't feel like think we needed to be there 10 a.m at all like oh didn't, we didn't have any meaningful foot traffic up to through that first hour well because it was uh, however many x number of people or whatever there mm-hmm. wasn't a huge like yeah and then influx yeah and then what you had said was i think also accurate which is not necessarily a criticism of the the show itself but the venue which mm-hmm. i guess like you know yeah, they picked were, the venue but I, the, there might be like there, i don't I had, know what uh, this was maybe my least favorite venue that we've ever shown at yeah i don't know what other options there are in like the outlying Area, Cleveland yeah. suburbs or whatever, but it was the IX, the IX airport center. center or something. Yeah, attached yeah. to the an airport. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> physically it was fine, but in uh-huh. terms of like logistics, there were Lots some... Lots of weird miscommunications or just like... Yeah, because like it was confused. Like at first we were told that uh, we could park for free if we got in... Before bef- 9 before o'clock. a certain time, and then the folks at the venue told us that was not true, and they're like... Oh. So literally, like, <laughs> we get up there on Saturday after being within the window of not having to pay on Friday, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, they told me this morning that it's 8.30, which is not a message that they were able to communicate to us at all, even though we were there the day before. Everyone would have been there the day before, and they couldn't have, like, rectified that or, like, I don't know. if I'm assuming it wasn't in the packets we got because the packets basically had no mm-hmm. information. And all that, even the concept of, like, before a certain time, exhibitors don't have to pay. That was yeah. almost more confusing. Like, I like I obviously don't want to pay for parking, period. But I'd almost rather just have you say, like, everyone pays for parking or nobody pays for parking. <laughs> like, yeah. it was just kind of a muddled, weird thing. And then beyond that, like you had said, um, we usually pack our own lunches yeah, for these kind we'll of bring- things. Snacks, stuff, just to keep us going. Yeah, it's and, and I think cheaper. based on like the venue restrictions, they were like, you can't bring a cooler, don't bring outside mm-hmm. food, and so we, you know, complied with that. Yeah. But on top of not being able to do that, which kind of sucked, the food offerings there were not great. No, it was very. But, but in terms of, I don't know about quality because we didn't really buy proper Mm-mm. food there. We just kind of like had had a few snacks and toughed it out till dinner. Um, but the like vo- volume of offerings, there just weren't that many stands no. open. Like they should have had there was, at least so one there or was, two more places. There were two buy. like basically bars, mm-hmm. which did have some kind of snacks and like non-alcoholic drinks. But their focus was clearly alcohol. Yeah, it was a bar, and it was one was over kind of near the food court. The other one was like by the stage where like the tournaments or whatever like talks like that's where the award show happened mm-hmm. like that makes the placements make sense and then the other thing that they had was like a sandwich stand which allegedly had fries but they were completely out of fries for the whole weekend or whatever <laughs> um and then also like pizza and i <laughs> the handful of times when i was walking over to the bathroom i watched someone just bring in pizza so they weren't making it there they were buying it oh, and sure. getting, bringing it in which like whatever but Put like under the heat lamp that was literally and they had like hot dogs were allegedly there. I saw like a sign that said there were hot dogs and like they maybe also had tacos, but it was like a handwritten whiteboard sign, which like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah. And then the last thing on that front is as we couldn't find a single place to fill up like just a water no, bottle. No, there like were no drinking fountain, water nothing. fountains. At one point I got desperate enough that I went into the bathroom and just filled my cup under the sink and it was one of those automated faucets where like it only sprays Literally hot scalding. water. So yeah, it was, I, I was like, well, I guess <laughs> I'm going to fill this water bottle with piss warm water and just let it naturally cool down to mm-hmm. at least room temperature because that's the only way I can get uh, like literal hydration without paying, you know, $7 for yeah, a shitty Dasani or whatever. Everything was like, 
again, understandably, because like it always is at conventions, very expensive. Yeah, and so um, the, from the the venue standpoint, it kind of sucked. But yeah, like, so and from then, the from the event itself. Yeah, the event was fine. Uh, it, it was, was just like was I feel like <laughs> I feel like we kind of got misled on a handful of things, like. Mm-hmm. Either just like weird miscommunication or changes day of or whatever, sure. but and again, having it be a shorter event kind of like it took a little bit of pressure off of those pain points at least. <laughs> yeah, like it was one less if day I had where to do we had a to deal three with day, right? Yeah, it was like one a less, third or fourth day, one or two that, less days like, where we had to deal with like no good options for lunch and you know no great ways to get water and shit like that. So mm-hmm. that was all fine. But on the whole, it was a good event. And if you were like attending as just like a random person, I would definitely recommend going down for a day if you have, yeah, like, if you're close enough for like. You're within an hour or two. You can just drive in, have a fun afternoon, and then just drive home without doing a hotel yeah, stay. I would 100% you, you do that. You can easily see everything from like the 10 to 6 yeah, if you, or if you even 10 get to up 4. Early, yeah, get up early, get there when the door is open. Or uh, 11, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and stay the whole day. You can do a lot of cool stuff in, mm-hmm. in an afternoon and then head home and still have like, you know, still get din- dinner mm-hmm. in, in your own house even if you want to want to make it that kind of thing. But yeah, if you're in like the... Ohio, southern Michigan, like western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. maybe northern Kentucky. That's a little bit of a hike. It's a bit, but, yeah. Uh, but if you if you're if you were be comfortable driving driving to and from the Cleveland area in mm-hmm. one day, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Or even just like a single overnight. Yeah, like. right. It, again, that right. That's variable. I'm just saying, like, I my my lowest bar to clear is like, uh, just if if you can if there's something cool and it's within like a one day's drive, it's very easy to justify doing it mm-hmm. for me personally. And so, from that sense, I would say, like, like it, it could be well worth staying two days because there's certainly enough stuff to occupy you the whole weekend. Oh, for if you sure. You want to do a little bit of everything. If you yeah. want to shop for just like whether actively shop or window shop yeah. for retro stuff, you want to play some arcade games. They closed yeah, out the show with a little like video game uh, symphony kind of thing. Yeah, they had like um, while we were. I remember while we were setting up, or like, and also before it opened on Saturday, they mm-hmm. had like live video game music being played, which was cool. And like, <laughs> uh, it wasn't entirely clear right away if it actually was live until like I heard like eventually I kind of like, oh yeah, like they're just like they're just like legit playing the stuff. Like that was neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good time. So on the whole, I would I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland Gaming Classic. Uh, so they'll be going. I think next year is a similar time of year, mm. like very late summer, early fallish kind of th- kind of thing. So check them out if you're in the Midwest and interested in doing it a fun, having a fun weekend of gaming. Yeah. And like I said, we had a pretty good show. Um, and as far as our takeaways, uh, thank you to everybody who stopped by. Yeah. <laughs> I took a flyer, or played cucumber for a little bit, especially the, the handful of people, because this was one of the. Um, at least in this calendar year, for sure. Like since we've kind of gotten back into mm. working on Cucumber actively, I think this show is the show where we had the most people play for long periods of time. Because we had at least like three, three to five people, I think, who played for thirty minutes to an hour, mm. uh, which I take as a huge compliment. Yeah, <laughs> because like, you have a limited time at an event like that, mm-hmm. and so if you're gonna take like you know one eighth or whatever of your whole day there and just fuck around with one game. Like I I I take that as very high praise. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who, everyone who played any capacity, but especially the folks who like really sat there and yeah. like dug their teeth in and played basically all the content we had to offer, uh, for that event because that is super heartening and and the, those are good test cases too of watching people like it. It proves that we're not crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, proves, well. it proves to me that I'm not nuts and that like I'm really going for that like one more try. Mm-hmm. Like I could just one more one more run. Um. Like, we're, I want it to be challenging enough that you do have to, like, you know, 
work at certain things, but at no point be so like such a brick wall that you're like, yeah. you throw your hands up and you're like, fuck this. I, <laughs> I give up video game. You win. <laughs> and seeing in real, in like live in, in the world, people being willing to engage with it and not yeah. put off. Like, like it, it shows me that we're on the right track <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in terms of balancing to try to, to hit that, uh, just that cadence of like hard, but not like fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was all great. We've got a ton of notes, stuff that's coming in the future. I will say that, like, tentatively, just before we recorded this, we were looking over yeah. laundry list of things to do. The next update, which will be out in early November for Yumicon, mm-hmm. will probably be light on content and probably heavy on like, polish. iteration. Yeah. yeah. Polish, uh, bug fixes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, and so we'll still, you know, we've got a month and change. Uh, to work mm-hmm. that stuff out, but that's kind of what where I'm narrowing in right now. Is I feel like that next update is going to be a lot, a lot of nuts and bolts, tightening, and not, not so much like a bunch of brand new shit to do. Yeah, with um, the exception maybe being the third boss fight, which is in a very yeah like, that that will definitely evolve. But that again, is, that it's, is our it's bigger, technically like, in the game already. That's true. So it's going to be an evolution of that. But the, yeah, that's our probably will be the biggest change point of the upcoming thing, aside from just little like. Jotting some eyes, crossing some T type deal. Mm-hmm. And we'll keep people updated. Like I said, I'm going to try to do better about every week or so. Just throwing some kind of little nugget of something into the Discord, uh, which we had a couple people join yeah. the show too. Thank you to all of them. Everybody who's already in the Discord, everybody who joined this weekend. We really appreciate it. And yeah, coming into Yumacon, if you're not in the, the Metro Detroit area, which let's be real, you probably aren't. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to play a build of Super Cucumber, as we iterate on it, uh, join our Discord server by going to cubicorngames.com and clicking the Discord link at the top of the page. Woo. And we're posting a build there roughly every month or two as we get this game together. As we told people to show, it, fingers crossed it'll be out in 2024 sometime. We'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. But uh, we're kind of <laughs> taking it one day at a time and very much in the mode of like when it's ready, it's ready. Like we don't mm-hmm. have any hard deadlines at this point. We're just trying to make it the best it can be and then we'll eventually get it out to people. Hell yeah. So. Again, with all that said, thank you to so much to everybody who's messed with the latest build on Discord or everybody who stopped by at Cleveland Gaming Classic. It was a really fun weekend. Hell yeah. Got a lot of valuable playtime out in the wild. And I think that's going to kind of be it for our updates. Unless you have, Lorraine, anything else specifically you wanted to throw out there? I don't think so. And then relatively briefly, I do want to get into the other big piece of gaming (laughs) 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 of gaming news that has happened that affects us and tons of other people. So many people. Uh, Between the last show, yeah, because we we skipped one because we were so busy working on stuff. I think it was that week. Over the last two weeks, roughly, uh, the whole Unity saga has gone from like complete industry flipping clusterfuck to like still insane but like mm-hmm. mostly livable i think it's probably where i'd classify the current state of things yeah if you're not familiar already unity the makers of the unity game engine what is what which is what we have used to build our games is what we're building at cucumber and currently mm-hmm. basically flipped the table on people and tried to charge additional exorbitant fees <laughs> mm-hmm. for not only games that uh, are in development or games that will release in the future but even projects that already existed currently in the wild like yeah. if you if you had shipped a game four years ago on unity Based on the terms that they were initially proposing, they were just going to charge you a bunch of extra money <laughs> for mm-hmm. having used the engine after the fact. Yeah. And it was absolutely fucking insane. People rightly lost their shit about it. And I'm I'm really curious to see how things are going to go from here. Because I hope a decent number of people stick to their guns in terms of trying to like transition off the platform in general. 
because their their recent update as of a couple days ago, like I said, they they walked back pretty much everything. Yeah. And attempted to like uh to like mend fences and uh quell people's fears by re- reiterating that as should be expected, uh the end user license agreement that you sign for any given version of Unity will be static to that version. <laughs> like, they won't do the thing that they absolutely mm-hmm. did try to do in this rollout, which is just retroactively change the terms of using the software. Yeah. Uh, regardless of which version you're on or how long you had been developing it. It has raised an enormous albatross over game development in particular when it comes to middleware, which is like, if a company is shitty and bold enough and they face small enough resistance, they can and will... Change everything about how your business relationship with them works, mm-hmm. and you'll if you're relying on their tools, you're just to, fucked. Yeah, to make stuff, you just have to sit there and take it, and either you know become destitute or insolvent if they mm-hmm. <laughs> if they just decide to to change things uh, uh at the drop of a hat. Because that that was the other thing. Like you know, I had a ton of back and forth with all kinds of people at like various Discord servers because Unity is a pretty big here. Mm-hmm. And like the Michigan game dev scene in particular, I, I mean, I think it's big in general. Yeah. Like again, like small to medium indies, like it's certainly enormous. But like particularly here, most stuff that yeah. I know of that people are act- actively working on is built in Unity. And it wasn't, you know, there aren't that many games that are like wildly financial, su- financially successful yeah. around here. It wasn't going to affect many people in the scene around here mm-hmm. with the way they had written it up initially. Initially, but even so. It's still just a nightmare of oh anybody else in the like middleware pipeline can change any of this stuff, including Unity. Where like yeah. you know if their initial pitch was like oh if it's twenty cents for every install after a certain amount, well what if six months from now we just decide hey if your game has made a hundred dollars, then we're gonna take fifty cents out of every install and get fucked like you know yeah. deal with it asshole. It definitely didn't help my emotional state. No, <laughs> like it made it, it absolutely made it harder to work on that build. Mm-hmm. for uh, Cleveland Gaming Classic, just knowing that how... Like, yeah, I don't think... Well, I know they don't care. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but I suspect they didn't, like... They, like, they don't care, so it doesn't matter, but I suspect they didn't, like, even consider just the, the emotional damage it would do to people. Oh, no, they don't fucking care of, about that. Uh, but, yeah. You can't, <laughs> you can't and, charge and like a fee said, that was, for emotional damage, That, that was to me of just, like, just knowing that, like, our future is completely untetherable to any constant. Mm-hmm. Like, like, not even being knowing that we'd be directly affected, but like having the prospect of at any point they choose to being directly affected. I can only imagine how much it was worse it was for people who have concrete businesses built out. Who are like, all right, well, January first yeah. runs over, and they're going to flip the switch, and we're going to go from being sustainable to being underwater instantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was two of one or two of however long it was. It was some of the shittiest days morale wise mm-hmm. in certain segments of game dev. That I can ever remember. <laughs> yeah, it was. And it was a real nightmare. And like I said, I'm, my hope is that, because I don't know what we're going to do after Cucumber still, t- for sure now. Like, I'm not I'm not planning to change, to pour Cucumber off of Unity. There's, it's just too far along. Yeah, there's It would no... not be a good use of our time to take mm-hmm. that project and, and translate it to something else. But we may switch to Godot for future projects. Uh, or some other open source thing, mm-hmm. and it, I hope I do hope whether we do it or not. I hope a decent number of people try to do that because if those tools get better, it will just be better for everyone. The thing that will make them get better faster is if more people, more people adopt are them. them. Yeah, and they're they're like open source software is truly the only safe haven in like the modern corp- corporate dystopia of people just doing whatever they want, whenever mm-hmm. they want, and 
the user base just has to suck it up. Uh, the only safe ha safe haven <laughs> for your creativity and your financial stability is to uh, vest yourself in tools that no single person owns outright. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I was even having a conversation with uh, someone the other day. They were saying that they were like really starting to get into like Maya and that they've got like a student license that's only good for like a year or whatever. And they're like, the fees are ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, like I, they're like, I'm going to switch to Blender because like it's probably very similar and in some cases a lot better because Maya hasn't been updated in years. I'm like, yeah, like that's the, the beauty of the, <laughs> the mm -hmm. open source software. Like, yeah, and and if you're uh, working on personal projects, like if you're doing it either just to learn stuff mm -hmm. or specifically because you have some goals you want to want to meet especially actually three like 3d8 rendering software is a is a good vector for that period because mm. at the end of the day the output is like pretty standardized file formats yeah. like fbx's and stuff and so like i know there are some considerations for like how to outport of from one piece of, i'm not a 3d modeler mm -hmm. not in practice well, it's this, similar but. with like like um even like 2d like yeah right at the end here. of the day like you know a png is a png mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter what piece of software it came out of if like the the visual information in mm -hmm. the file is. Correct. and a lot of a lot of software now can even open like pst files like they mm -hmm. have hooks in there to like let you bring stuff in from photoshop if you don't want to be using that anymore because god fuck adobe man like who wants yeah, for to sure. Ugh. Mm -hmm. so again right there's always the like if you work professionally in certain industry segments, at some point you're just beholden to whatever your company mm -hmm. uses or whatever their clients are expecting. Yeah. Like sometimes you just have to suck it up and use the shitty overpriced. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just necessary. Software just because you have to. But but if you're doing stuff on a personal front, I would say almost universally go open source if you can because mm -hmm. it is just uh, safer and better. And still extremely usable stuff mm -hmm. like uh, like we we still still to this day have all kinds of open source stuff in our pipeline. Like I still edit this podcast on Audacity. When we stream, we use OBS. Mm -hmm. Even like lower lighter weight things like Notepad plus plus. Oh, and stuff I love Notepad plus uh, plus. Yeah, the open source software community is incredible, mm -hmm. and those people deserve your support. And that's so, just like, people. That stuff. That's people it. making stuff. Yeah, like don't chip in a little bit. Paint.net even. Yeah, I use here that for like. All my sprite work, basically. Yeah, here and there, I try to chip in little bits, just like donate to Wikipedia every once in a while. I mm -hmm. try to chip in little oh, bits. You're here one of the and people who to... clicks the banner. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to open source software projects that we've mm -hmm. used a ton, I'll try to still give them like you know ten, twenty, maybe fifty bucks in a good year. Every mm -hmm. just every once in a while, uh, if we've got money laying around, but definitely get out there and investigate some of that stuff. Like, like over the last couple of weeks, I did like while I was doing stuff, I kind of in the background, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna put on like some getting started in Godot tutorials and just see mm -hmm. what's up with this. Um, but it's certainly, like I said, the there's no reason that that stuff can't match corporately made software yeah. if the right number of people adopt it. And mm -hmm. it has all the benefits Or even if of, just like the right number of people are like the right kind of people are working on it. Because like programmers can do some bad shit stuff when they like really want some, like they're a very particular breed of people yeah. when it comes to like making tools like to use for especially to program and create things in. Like... Mm -hmm. That shit gets done e either through like the base program or like most stuff like um, I'm sure I know I haven't messed with it in Notepad++ Plus too much, but like Paint.net has just a plugin feature that you can just make shit for and put it in there. Like even stuff like Clip Studio has you be like there's ways to make your own brushes and like share them that way, like without having to go through like their store or whatever. Like there's there are ways out there to 
kind of fine tune anything to your liking. And especially if it's a big enough problem, somebody else has thought of it too and might have a solution. Like, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, like I said, it was a sobering moment. If, if as pitched it had gone the distance or if someday it still does because there's still nothing mm-hmm. to stop no. Unity or Unreal or anyone else from trying to do something similar at any point if they feel like it, it will irrevocably damage the game industry. Yes. And if we take the initiative collectively as people creating you know, small to medium-sized projects to get off of corporate-owned stuff and try to get on more open-source shit, mm-hmm. that will make the game industry definitively better mm-hmm. <laughs> over the long term. Although, like, like I said, obviously there is the tremendous baggage of learning, having your whole team learn a new set of tools yeah. and or porting over an already enormous project mm-hmm. <laughs> onto a new tool set. Well, because like, one of the things that... like is sort of nice for us in this regard is like we would have had to learn at least some stuff new anyway because we're using a very old version of unity at the moment Mm -hmm. like there is already going on to literally anything else post uh down the turning super cucumber was going to be some amount of like relearning processes learning a new system blah, blah 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 so like we're kind of like that clean break like if we can just like Great. I, yeah, we're going to, like, there's a code base that we ha- I mean, like, that code's not going anywhere. It probably won't work exactly the same, but we'll still have, like, the stuff we already used. And because it's just C++ fi- or C-sharp files, like, that stuff isn't any different at the end of the day. But there was always, there would have always been a curve regardless of what we did mm-hmm. post-Cucumber. And whether it's steeper or not just depends on what we end up doing. So again, uh, <laughs> I, we emphasize we know what it was like to some degree for everybody out there who had to mm-hmm. deal with the existential terror of what the fuck Unity was capable of over yeah. the last couple of weeks. And yeah, again, as far as uh, like your own projects or whatever, your own business, do whatever is feasible for you. Like I said, I don't. For us as a two-person team, I don't think it's feasible to port even a game that's as relatively low, uh, low complexity mm-hmm. as something like Super Cucumber, and and so that that. Answer is going to be different for every team, mm-hmm. you know, based on how many people are there, how complex the game is, how far along it is. Do whatever is right for you in yeah. the moment, but while while trying to consider the future, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is a very different prospect of like trying to take a very mature project and move it over to something as opposed to looking at like your five year roadmap yeah. and being like, all right, well, three years from now, maybe we do something different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, yeah, I just wanted to comment on it at least a little bit because it was such a total fucking disaster. Yeah. Um, but again, good for people uh, of, of all opinions, walks of life, uh, levels of engagement with video games. Like, it was a near universal com- condemnation of Unity across the I internet, mean, which was good even to see. Even, like, over this weekend, like, people are like, oh, yeah, what are you building in? would be like, Unity and yeah, universal, right. just a, like, oh, a, a God. Statement, yeah, that's, that's how... Yeah. How what a clusterfuck it was. A statement that used to would have been, used to been just like a neutral. Oh, like, cool. Oh, that's interesting. Was like a oh fuck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is a, yeah, I'm so I'm sorry for your loss. You're making a Unity game. Yeah, the amount of damage done to their brand mm-hmm. by their own stupid shitty. I mean, they've ideas. been they've already been digging that hole a lot this past year with all yeah, their like right. it's been a AI bullshit that they're trying to like yeah. encourage people to use. That like Steam is actively trying to like call out of their like system like they were already screwing over people who use their software and then they're just like what if we charge them for using dog shit and then yeah what a fucking mess seriously Uh, good on everybody who (laughs) shrieked until they relented Mm -hmm. (laughs) we very much appreciate it fuck you to everybody at unity management Mm -hmm. still like you don't get off the hook you're all pieces of shit all of you you deserve nothing nope (laughs) 
Uh, like I said, if you're out th- if you're out there making games, do what you can to uh, at least contemplate what your next moves will yeah. be in the the next like you know two, three, ten years mm-hmm. uh, of making new stuff. But just just know that as long as giant corporations control your future, your future is not secure. <laughs> Seize the means of production. <laughs> uh, and with Ahoo! all that said, I think we're gonna call it a show. Uh, thank you, Lorraine. Yeah. For joining me over this weekend and helping <laughs> and helping me get that build across the finish line, and we did a thing uh, for joining me on this podcast. Wow! Uh, thank you for listening. Hell yeah! Uh, as I said, you can go to cubicorngames.com and click the Discord link if you want to play builds of our games as we release them. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or pretty much anywhere else podcasts are to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give updates about twice a month usually about what we're doing and little game industry stuff. Probably inconsistently to start, we're going to get back to live streaming other people's games a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the first game I, we will play, we'll, which will almost certainly be next week, uh, we're going to play The Boundary Condition. We'll, we'll just... We'll figure it we'll out. Figure it out. Uh, uh-huh. But anyway, like, so if you keep an eye on uh, twitch.tv slash games for when we stream or indie X games. Or the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that'll happen. We put our we put the archives to those streams on YouTube, yep. Cubicorn Games. So you can find those after the fact if you like. Um, and if you've got a game you'd like us to try out, like I said, we at one point I was really digging around trying to find stuff mm-hmm. to play, but we've been so busy that like I think it's gonna continue to be more of a like just sometimes when you get around to it, or mm-hmm. when someone requests it. Because yeah. Andrew, the developer of Boundary yeah. Condition, had had reached out to us specifically because we've been at shows with him yeah. all over the place, including Cleveland Gaming Classic. Yeah, we were. Just, he was like, "I've got we a new build." You across guys sh- the hall from yeah. him, or across the aisle. He's like, him. "I've got a new build. You should, you guys should try it out." So we're gonna finally get around to that because I haven't played that game in a good long time. Probably unless you did you hit it up at GDX this year, then you probably only played his first build yeah, that we saw at uh-huh. GDX last year. Um, but yeah, if you've got a game, if, if people send me stuff, I will prioritize mm-hmm. it and we will we will check it out. Podcast so. at cubicorngames.com. S- send us your indie games. We or the Discord. Them. Just yell at us. Uh-huh. And with all that finally said, <laughs> our cat is sneezing in the background. Oh, baby. Check out our games on Steam. That's the yeah. last plug. Uh, search for Cubicorn, Cubicorn Games on Steam. You can find Down the Drain, our first game, or Super Cucumber, our next game. To wishlist. Uh-huh. And yeah, we are going to call it a show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in a couple weeks. Stay safe out there. Bye.